Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we are doing another gun gripe. And no, guys, this one isn't political. This is a legitimate gun gripe. We're going to be talking about erroneous suppressor metering data and all the, the fallacies involved uh, in it. And this is really a, a gripe for Chad because he does a lot of our data collection. We are going to discuss that a little bit. And I'll discuss my particular uh, outlook on it as well, which Don't is care. maybe a little more bleak uh, than his. However, data Slightly. is important. Uh, I want to take a, a moment at the beginning of this video to definitely thank all of our Patreon supporters, folks that purchase man cans over on the... Um, the website, or if you purchase merchandise such as the shirt I'm wearing or Chad's hoodie, we've got um, you know embroidered beanies, embroidered uh, caps. We've got we sell embroidered jackets, knives, all different kind of merch over on the site. All the folks that support us through those efforts. Uh, if you love the channel and you love what we do and you wish to support us, that's the most direct way that you can support us is by purchasing a man can, supporting us on Patreon, or purchasing merch over on the site. So if you're one of those people and you see value in what we do and you love what we do and you support us, thank you guys very much for the support. It allows us to put these videos out on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn it over to Chad for a few minutes and let so, him uh, vent a little bit. I was venting to Eric about this earlier, but... And this we is, decide to make a gripe. So. This is a this is a gripe. I actually brought the meter because I needed to size up a case. I actually have to send it off to get it re recertified. Um, but uh, like Eric said, I do a lot of the data collection for the channel, and I recently invested in a BNK twenty two hundred nine. If you guys aren't familiar with these units, these are very uh, old, antiquated. Some would say analog uh, units for measuring uh, suppressed gunshots. Uh, they are very high quality. Um, very high quality sound meter. Uh, they have a very low rise time, which meets the military specification, the military requirements for measuring sound suppressors. Um, there's been a standard on the books ever since, God, forever ago, um, that has been updated occasionally, and it calls for a very certain uh, equipment set in order to properly measure these suppressed gunshots, and tabulate that data. And then also it goes into describing where you can actually meter the stuff. I mean, like they call for an open field, no sound reflective surfaces within 10 meters. I mean, all this so kind pretty of... pretty exacting specifications. Very, very, very exacting specifications to collect proper data. But the thing is, people look at... All right, if you're in the market for suppressors, some of you guys watching this video could care less about suppressors. You know, you really could. But those of you who are interested, you know... You, you want to get the best bang for your buck because suppressors are expensive, okay? In and most the wait cases. time is a real chore, too, the for a lot of The wait time us. sucks. NFA process sucks. You know, it sucks having to get passport photos. It sucks having to go get fingerprints and fill out this paperwork and wait and do all this crap and then pay an extortion tax, okay? It sucks. But those of you who are interested in suppressors, you go through the process and you want to get the best product that you can. So you try to compare results. Okay, so you go to company A's website, and then you go to company B, and then company C, and you're looking at the data that they may or may not publish. They don't have any details on what meter they use to collect that data. They don't have environmental conditions where they use that or what where they standards that they data. used. No. You have no idea how they collect that data. And yet you're trying to compare apples to oranges to pears. And you say, okay, I'm looking at this 556 suppressor. And oh, company A's performs at 135 dB. Company B's performs at 137. 
Mmm, mmm. Company C's performs at 133. Ooh, that's the one I'm gonna buy. No! No, you can't compare that. You can't quantify that. And we've done videos in the <sighs> past where we've talked about companies and how they <sighs> exploit and sometimes, let's just say, tell white lies in relation to data when they publish mm -hmm. their data because they want to have the best performance uh, in terms of, oh, we, we want to list our ammo at the highest velocity for what we sell. <laughs> we, want to, we want to list you know, this performance standard, that performance standard, and they want to outdo the other company. Yep. So they always chase these numbers. Oh, well, my suppressor performs mm -hmm. at blah, 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 better than this one. But the truth of the matter is... It's not a fair comparison. The no, only way to really not. know is to have one defined test standard. I mean, it goes against the, the very basic scientific method, mm -hmm. all right? I mean, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but I know well enough that you have to control your variables. Yeah, you and do. if everybody has different standards and different variables, you're not going to get a truly consistent comparison mm -hmm. of all of those products. <clears throat> Absolutely not. The only time that... Any data is really, truly comparable when measuring suppressors is when you are metering on the exact same day in the same weather conditions with the same equipment and the same hosts, the same ammo, and you're collecting all that data. If you want to compare two cans, go to a suppressor metering event like they host up at Red Hill Range. I've been to two of those in the past couple of years that were hosted by some local companies, and Bill Aravello, I've mentioned his name before. He is an awesome dude. Uh, he owns three of these meters, and he collects meter data for like the NFA Talk Forum. And he has a very, very exacting process that he uses. And I learned a lot from him before I purchased this meter for our own data collection here on the channel. And the reason that I invested in this equipment is to provide more data for you guys to make informed decisions. But the thing is, like... <laughs> I got crapped on when we were using the Larson Davis LXT, which is a modern digital meter. Which is still a good meter. It's a very good meter, and the company advertises that it is perfect for measuring suppressed gunshots. B&K also has brand new uh, models, the 2270, which I know Tim uses one over there on Military Arms Channel, as well as Silencer Shop uses it for their uh, demonstration videos that they publish on YouTube. Um, those are digital meters, and they do have a higher rise time than the military standard. But in my personal testing between the two meters, comparing them literally on the same shots, they are within less than half a decibel, typically, of each other. Now, the, you can get into the argument that, oh, well, it's a logarithmic scale, not a linear scale, but it, it's, it's, a, it's semantics at that point. You're talking about half a decibel on something that is about 130 decibels. You're, you're in the minuscule of tenths of a percent of measurable difference, and it's probably within the margin of error. And, you know, I've seen so many things online that just chap my ass. I, I mean, just, they literally just do. I see a post on, on a popular forum, okay, and it's showing uh, th this Larson meter setup, and they're calculating data on a integrally suppressed rifle of sorts. And they're, they're publishing data that's measuring down in like the 108, 110, 112 dB range for a full power rifle. Not possible. Not possible. That might be what it says on the meter, but you see a screenshot of the meter and they're reading the wrong number. And they're not using the proper weighting network. There's three weighting networks that are selectable with these. The military standard is the A weighting network. 
You know, and when companies don't follow that and then they just erroneously publish this stuff without doing the research on what it is there might be doing wrong, it's a disservice to the shooting public. Because you, you're looking at suppressors, you're just getting into it, and you find that article, and then you say, man, 110, that's that's pretty good. But then you look at actual published results that are correct, you know, and more accurate, and you see 130, you're like, oh man, that's loud. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Okay, so... <laughs> I my just, my, ah! thing, my thing is, I understand that comparing numbers is one of those things. I mean, if if uh, let's say that I'm shopping for cars, right, and mm-hmm. I want the fastest car I can buy, <laughs> right? I want the absolute fastest race car, you know, legal civilian legal car I can buy. This car will has blah 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 <laughs> amount of horsepower. This car has this amount of horsepower. This car has this amount. You start comparing horsepower, and you go, okay, well, this is better because more is better. Mm-hmm. Well. I think my issue kind of becomes with suppressor data is that while collecting the data is important and you do want to have a fair comparison, those comparisons, for one, are only fair when they're compared directly to the same platform, same yep. shooter, same day, same all of ammo, that. Host, so everything. unless it's that direct comparison, my main concern, what I'm looking for, I'm different than Chad. I want compact length. Mm-hmm. I want the shortest length I can get. I want the lightest weight I can get, and I want something that doesn't hurt my eardrums. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I don't care about suppressor metering. I don't care about what it, you know, it, it either is loud and it hurts my ears or it isn't. Yep. And it's light. You know, I, I, I worry about the variables that I can instantly mm-hmm. tell with my, you know, natural instincts. And that is, wow, this can's heavy. Man, this thing sucks carrying in the woods. Oh, this can's long. It sucks trying to go around a corner well, you and do mean, this. You don't, you want to take your uh, full auto burn down can to the woods? Well, <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I, I, my concern is compact length. Yep. It works well and it's mm-hmm. light. That's all I care about. Yep. And I and and if that means it needs to be a certain type of construction, certain material it's made of, if it needs to have a, a certain configuration whether it's a a K baffle stack or a mono core, mm-hmm. I don't care what the construction methods are. I don't care what the materials are made of as long as it holds up decent, it's strong, it's got a good mounting system, it's short in length, compact in size. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt my hearing. Yep. Like to me, like the nine mil suppressors, I've really come to like the Omega Nine K. Mm. It's lightweight. It's got a variety of different mounting options. It's a welded can, so it's nice and simple. <laughs> and it works. And it works. And it's Flat lightweight. Works. It's short. It's got all of those criteria. So for me, my criteria for what I would purchase a suppressor based on might be different than your criteria. My mm. criteria are: I want it to be unobtrusive, and I want it to work. Yep. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care if it's if it's five dBs louder than than product A. I don't care, as long as it's, it meets that length, compact size, weight. That's the, my thing. The when I really started noticing some of the difference between our, our cans, and we've both been in the NFA for a long time. We have a pretty generous collection of cans that we've accumulated, and there's a few that I really gravitate to. You know, not only for sound suppression, performance on multiple hosts and platforms, um, but also accuracy. Like, I want a can that is quality built, I want it quiet, and I want it to not change my accuracy potential of that particular host. If I drop a can on a rifle, and that go, I go from shooting half MOA groups to 1.5 MOA groups, you know... Point of impact shift is moot. Point, or of, it, point okay. of impact shift does not matter to me. I do not care. I mean... It, 
and it's it's not quantifiable either because you could put uh, you could put a given suppressor that ha- weighs X amount on a very heavy like Palma style rifle or whatever the case is, some big heavy crazy bull barrel, you know. And yeah, you're not going to get much point of impact shift if it's a quality can. But then you drop it on a lightweight hunting rig, it's going to wear uh, weigh the barrel down more. It's going to change the harmonics more. You're going to get more of a noticeable point of impact shift. Point of impact shift is nearly a, a non-essential point to me, but I want it to be accurate. And I've done so much accuracy testing between bare muzzle, brakes, suppressors. I mean, I kind of know at this point what's good, what's not, and can look at a baffle stack and be like, that's probably going to be kind of weird, whatever the case is, or I don't know, it's probably not going to perform very well. It's that comes with experience. Gas you know? jetting, all kinds of weird things in there. I mean, you know, I spent a day metering the uh, Sanchico, um the switchback, switch you know, just because the claims were, you know, they, they really took the industry by surprise, like, wow, you know, 108 dB, that's really quiet. You know, I tested it. And then the guys over at Suppress Nation tested it as well. We got very comparable results. We both use the same meters. And what I like to use is NSR, which is net sound reduction. You take the unsuppressed shot, and then you take the average of 10 suppressed shots, and you say, what's that difference? That's your net sound reduction. That is more of a quantifiable and comparable data uh, point across multiple uh, platforms as long as you're using the same equipment and metering and similar results using the same host equipment and everything. I mean, it's still not directly comparable, but it's a better understanding of what kind of performance you're actually getting rather than saying, oh, well, this can's 108, this can's 112. So getting outside of performance and getting a little bit more to the to the standards of testing uh, sound metering data, you know, and everything, you also mentioned earlier when we were talking about this, about the location of the mic. Oh, yeah, That's probably course. something we need to all talk right, about. All right, so there's... All right, this is one thing that really gets me going to, okay? You have... You have, uh, okay, the military standard. You measure at the uh, exit aperture of the sound source, which is typically going to be the muzzle aperture of the firearm on an unsuppressed uh, firearm. A little CZ Scorpion there. All right, so when you measure unsuppressed, you're going to put the mic one meter to the left, 1.6 meters high, and the the margin of error is about an inch or so. It's like two centimeters. But you want to get the sound coming out of the muzzle into the microphone at a set distance. Okay? Now, when you put the can on there, okay, the exit aperture, the sound source changes. So then this this Tyrant here is about a seven-inch can. Okay? This is just a nine-millimeter. You're not going to meter uh, perpendicular to the muzzle at this point. You're going to meter at the sound source. And there's the military standard, and there's what's known as the ASA standard. And that's what companies like Silencer Co., and then that's also what Silencer Shop uses, is the ASA standard, which I can't find any documentation on what that standard actually is, other than that they measure from the muzzle of the gun, even when they attach a suppressor. And they say that they found, you know, negligible results between comparing different length cans and such as that, but I still just, I like to keep a standard that's been on the books for the longest time, that's been used by the most companies out there, and that's the standard that we use. We use the military standard, and all we can do is calculate our and tabulate our own data and do the best that we can to provide legitimate results for you guys. I mean, 
I invested in a Weatherflow weather meter. This is a little Bluetooth weather meter that works with GeoBallistics, and that's an app I've been using on my iPhone forever, and it is such a good ballistics app. But you can plug your Weatherflow directly into it via Bluetooth and calculate weather conditions at your location, including density altitude. It is essential that you record weather data when you're doing data collection like this. And over a long you know? period of time, what you can also do is you can establish different trends that te mm -hmm. seem to develop with different weather patterns in terms of, of testing yep. data. So <clears throat> let's say that you collect a block of data and the wind was a certain speed, mm -hmm. you have certain humidity, certain temperature, mm -hmm. all of those atmospheric conditions can matter when oh, it comes absolutely. to sound pressure and the way that it reads and everything. Absolutely. So that's, but, yeah. but the thing, though, is the NSR does not change very much, even across multiple metering days. If you're using the same equipment, the same host, the same ammo, like I mentioned, keeping the variables to a minimum. I've metered stuff in the summer, and I've metered stuff in the wintertime with 60-degree temperature changes. The NSR was very, very comparable between the two. But Good to know. But one... One day out, this can may have read in like 2 dB or 3 dB higher than it did the other day. And maybe if it was a real hot day or something like yeah, that. But also, the, like I said, the NSR doesn't change. You know, that, that difference between the unsuppressed performance and the suppressed performance, it, it just moves. That's so exponential. It, I mean, it just moves. So whatever, the, whatever the, the weather conditions are, however it's going to affect the sound pressure, you're going to be able to tabulate it there. But if you just look at this number... And say, oh, well, when I did this can, it, it performed like this. And then I did this can six months later, it performed like this. You can't compare those results. But people do all the time. And it is, <laughs> it is mass confusion. Uh, just, it, it just causes so much issue when people are shopping for suppressors and they see erroneous data out there. I mean, like... Guys like all right, Jesse James, you know, when he came out with his potato suppressor, I'm sure it probably performs well enough, but he was advertising it as like 78 dB on a 5.56 on a 16-inch carbine. Like, no, that doesn't work that way. Most typical high-performance, quality 5.56 suppressors are going to meter right in the 135 range. Some might be a couple dB higher, some might be a couple dB lower. You know, but the at-ear measurement is what a lot of people are concerned about. They want minimal blowback. They don't want it to be so loud at the ear that it's blowing the eardrums out and stuff. You get one can, it's got a ton of blowback. You know, it shoots your brass at one o'clock, you know, and stuff. And you put another can on there, it's got less blowback. It drops your brass back here. It's a nice gentle recoil, and it doesn't, you know, blow your eardrums out as much as the other can does. You know, that's more of a important measurement to most shooters is what it sounds like at the ear. Semi-autos are going to be loud at the ear. Bolt actions are going to be quieter at the ear. I mean, it's just a common thing, but you got people like Jesse James, who doesn't do it anymore to my knowledge, but then you got other folks out there who just use Amazon sound meters, and they say, oh, I'm just going to collect some data real quick. Oh, this thing's metering about 90 dB. I'm going to publish it. They're only adding to the problem. That's my main gripe is if you're if you're not gonna do it right, don't claim to be a scientist if you you're know, not. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I just try to follow, you know, certain procedures. But if you follow the scientific method and you do things according to a standard and you you carefully control variables and you observe variables and you control everything and you record it, 
<clears throat> guess what? You are yep. sciencing, okay? Yep. And you don't have to wear a lab coat. And you just need to be careful and meticulous. The, the last the last gripe that I have on this subject, and, you know, I promise it's the last gripe. I promise. I mean, guys, I <laughs> there's so much detail I could go into with this stuff. It just just bothers me, you know. But it bothers the, me, too. The, it bothers Eric to even talk about it because he don't care. <laughs> I do care. I care. It's but, a part of my job. I but, care. Um, the, the thing is, like, you have manufacturers that claim, okay, we're the quietest suppressors on the market. But then they don't believe in meter data. That doesn't work. You can't claim to be the quietest thing on the market, but then not have quantifiable, comparable results with your competition. I mean, have an independent source meter your products against everything else out there. I mean, Mike Pappas did that forever ago with Dead Air. He took his uh, mask, which is one of my absolute most favorite 22 cans. Agreed. And he just ran it up against all these other cans in a line and just checked for first round pop. He literally shot two shots and calculated first round pop and said, hmm, there you go. But the science doesn't lie. You know, the, the data doesn't lie. But you can't make those claims as a manufacturer and then expect the public to believe it I mean, just especially when you're talking, man, have to wait so long for the paperwork, <sighs> and you got to pay the freaking extortion tax. You got to spend your money and have it in NFA jail. Yep. That's a lot of risk to take and not know if something's going to meet your standard or not. But I think really the takeaway from this and what I want you guys to to think about and just keep in the back of your minds when you're out suppressor shopping, whatever the case is, don't try to compare apples to oranges across the internet. Okay. Look for independent tests. The NFA Talk Forum is a great resource for that. You know, Bill has collected so much data, it's not even funny, and they have a huge database over there. And you can find your can, and you can kind of see how it's stacked up against other things that same day. Because when when they're out there doing those tests, we're in the middle of summer, and they're metering from like 8 a.m. to like 5 or 6 or whenever the last thing gets metered. You know, and it's, it's as it's as consistent of a process as we can possibly do. It's probably the same level of consistency in that case that you would expect from a military operation, from a military test. Absolutely. That's what the military would do. They would go out and they would conduct their testing. It's it's right in line with what Julian Hatcher would do. Yeah, but people put too much stock in the numbers that are out there. Like Eric said, you know, the biggest things is, does it perform well? Yes or no. Okay, I... We we shot cans before on certain hosts. We're like, oh god, that's awful, mm-hmm. you know. But then you go to the website, but then it shows that the performance, the numbers are great. And tone is a whole another animal that hopefully you'll be able to start testing soon with the digital meter, you know, the Larson. Um, but you know, <laughs> the the thing is, don't compare apples to oranges across the internet and across multiple manufacturers. It's just not going to work. Look for suppressor metering events that you can attend and you can just go check out a few different things and see what's going on. Look for suppressor demo events that a lot of uh, NFA dealers and stuff will set up. I know Quiet Right Firearms has set up multiple suppressor like demo days around our area here in Georgia mm-hmm. um, on multiple occasions. And uh, there was a big shoot. Sonichico was down at one point and they had everything in their catalog out there for demo. And uh, it was a fun day, and it was a way for you to get out and just check things out and hear things for yourself. Also you know? remember that a lot of suppressors can be optimized for certain mm-hmm. platforms. Okay, Absolutely. So don't think that just because one one works on one platform really well that it won't work well on another or that it will just because it does. So mm-hmm. 
you know, some suppressors tend to do better on bolt guns. Mm -hmm. Some are a little bit more, you know, catered for semi-auto. Some are a little bit more at home on a sub gun and and a pistol caliber. Some are more, um, you know, better, more better, more better, (laughs) more better. (laughs) Some of them are better suited to for use on twenty-two pistols versus twenty-two rifles. So kind of let all those things be a factor. And and then there's jacks of all trade, you know, like the the Mystic and the Cosmic that I have, Liberty Suppressors. The Mystic is probably one of my favorite suppressors you know and eric's on my trust that that can is actually living on brandy's 65 Cre- or 65 grendel hunting rifle right now it and, sounds uh, great it's a wonderful can and it surprises me more and more every time i use it on everything from 22 up to like 300 win mag but is it is it perfect for all those applications no but, but if you're work. looking for a jack of all trades yeah. then that's your product so there's so many more things that we could talk about but, lots oh my of gosh. them but Guys, thank you so much for watching today's Gun Gripe. We hope that you learned something. There's a lot of information being put out in this video. I hope you guys can absorb it and sort of understand where we're coming from. I mean, I can understand Chad's frustration because data is a very important part of the Second Amendment community and of the gun world. So, you know, we live and die by data, it seems. And no matter what you do, I can't do anything right. It's like, you know, (laughs) use the wrong meter. Use the wrong meter and people complain. Use the right meter, people complain. Like, what do I do? You just say, well, that one sounded pretty good. Yep, pretty quiet. I'm just going to make up a number. So that's what we're dealing with. And uh, guys, thanks for watching today's video. We have many more videos on the way. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. See you guys.